time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact! Yeah. Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's pretty amazing that only seven states, 43 don't, seven states mandate physical education for our children. What happened to PE? Is it that old fashioned? It's what we do on a regular basis. We open up the phone lines. We invite you to join us toll-free, no matter where you're listening to us, any of your health care questions. We have a nationally known integrative practitioner who's knowledgeable not only in medicine but nutrition, um, lifestyle, vitamins, and minerals. Dr. Mitchell Genn joining us. Dr. Bill Hammersfar will be stopping by as well. Our line's open, inviting you to join us. Your health care questions at one 800 307 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, it's uh, the ongoing dilemma. What helps keep the health of our bones optimal? What keeps our bones dense and strong? The the 29th annual meeting of the American Society for Bone and Mineral Research um, is being held as we speak. Interesting research uh, that indicates that the ability of calcium to impact our risk of breaking a bone varies with age. Intriguing as well is the fact that 28 different nutrients, we tend just to focus on calcium, when there are other key nutrients, 28 total, in fact the minerals... um, Uh, magnesium, manganese, boron, critical to bone health as well. We know diet makes a difference. Look at the work at uh, Tufts University. They took a look at five different diets and the accompanying bone density. They found those who ate the most sugar had the weakest bones. Those who ate the most um, calcium dairy products did not have the strongest bones. It was those who ate the most fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains, the alkaline-producing diet that had the strongest bones, and, of course, weight-bearing exercise, whether it's um, running, walking, trampling, elliptical, no matter what you do, uh, that can help that impact and the strength of your bones. And just keep in mind, the bottom line is to maintain a high calcium intake throughout your lifetime. Don't forget the other important nutrients, but calcium's anti-fracture effect varies with your age. Well, this is a little bit sobering. The 47th Annual Interscience Conference on on Antimicrobial Agents, uh, that's a mouthful, the big conference is being held in Chicago about the bad bugs out there. And uh, there's so much more indication that bacteria are are smarter and stronger. We have antibiotic-resistant bacterial infections these days. Um, Viruses, we hear more and more about um, viruses like HIV becoming resistant to the medication because there's so many factors that affect bacterial balance within our body. 
bacterial residues in water supply systems, bacterial residues from conventionally grown animal products, chlorination of water affects microbial balance that we are more at risk than ever before. They're taking a look at a anti-fungal drug that I guess is given intravenously, used to treat serious fung infections, invasive mold infections, invasive candidiasis. The uh, the drug is sold under the name Vefend, V-F-E-N-D. That's a strange spelling, V-F-E-N-D. And apparently uh, NIH is now evaluating that a number of patients who have been using this um, intravenous antifungal medication are developing uh, hallucinations. Uh, they've also seen some signs of liver damage. Of course, all of the antifungal um, medications are hard on your liver, which means that you really need to be mindful of optimizing your liver health, monitoring it wisely with hallucinations not unusual with antifungal therapy, according to NIH's review of a new antifungal uh, uh, intravenous medication called Vefen, V-F-E-N-D. Well, speaking of that balance of bacteria, many of us know that C. difficile, that is often all too common these days, particularly in the realm of 2.1 million hospital-acquired infections these days. And here's additional research out of Canada finding that old-fashioned soap and water better than any any septic wipes and alcohol in removing C. difficile. They've done some interesting studies at McGill University in Canada. Um, and, of course, some of the recent studies coming out of London, the National Health Service in Great Britain, you know, that's a cost-effective uh, system. That's a system of healthcare focused on you know, where do they get the most bang for their buck finding that if they aerosolized, in other words, took 30% hydrogen peroxide, heated it to a vapor, and aerosolized it, they got almost a complete kill of methicillin-resistant Staph aureus bacteria just from aerosolizing hydrogen peroxide. So... Canada saying old-fashioned soap and water, better than alcohol and antiseptic uh, wipes for C. difficile. Uh, other research coming out of Great Britain says aerosolizing hydrogen peroxide works just fine against some very bad bugs. Well, this is pretty interesting. Uh, the European Association for the Study of Diabetes has now indicated that moderate wine consumption improves fasting blood sugar levels in diabetics. Now, this is not, if a little is good, a lot is better, and a whole lot is best of all, because we know that particularly for women, there is a bell-shaped curve, one to two glasses, no more, of wine each day. And for women, it should be closer to one glass a day, because you don't want to conversely increase your risk of breast cancer. Moderate wine consumption improves blood, uh, fasting blood sugar levels in diabetics. And of course, what's most interesting is that in some of the Japanese research, they find just by shaking apple cider vinegar on your food can lower the glycemic index, actually lower 
the spike in blood sugar that you would normally experience after you eat. And if you eat uh, foods that are highly processed or rich in the bad fats or bad sugar, you get much more of a blood sugar spike, except when you shake apple cider vinegar. And this comes from the Japanese medical research. Well, is silence golden? Hmm. Here's some uh, research uh, published in the journal Psychosomatic Medicine that examines the relationship between marital stress. You don't even have to be married. You can be in a serious relationship and have some stress in that relationship. And coronary heart disease, in other words, disease around your heart or death. They ask participants what topics that they fought over, whether workplace problems spilled into their lives and home. And they found that in general, marriage benefits health. And marriage, particularly for men, benefits the health of men longer. That married men live seven years longer, married women two years longer than both single men and single women respectively. However, when there's unhappy relationships, the impact of marriage on health is more nuanced. What they found is that when women kept their mouths closed, they didn't express themselves when they were upset or angry, that they had a greater chance of dying from heart disease. It goes to that old adage of taking those troubles to heart. And we know from previous published study that men and women who argue in a very hostile fashion have measurable hardening of the arteries, more blockage just because of more discord in their relationship. Isn't that intriguing? We're going to return, uh, open up the phone lines to invite you to join us as we do each and every week during this time. Very simple process. No matter where you're listening to us, it's a toll-free number. Open phone lines. Any question goes. We try and bring you some of the brightest minds in medicine and health and wellness and lifestyle. Dr. Mitchell Ginn joining us today, just a brilliant physician in nutritional lifestyle-based therapy as well as he's doing interesting stem cell research. Dr. Bill Hammersfar will be joining us after a belt. He specializes in brain health. Your health care questions. Got a great book giveaway at one 800 307 3002. Any of your health care questions with Dr. Mitchell Ginn right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Check out Deborah Ray online now with live audio streaming and audio archives of past shows, past news stories, guest information, and the fast way to find books you've heard mentioned on the show. Only at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Wow! I feel good. Open phone lines. He joins us on a regular basis. He's Dr. Mitchell Gann, an integrative healthcare practitioner, a leading expert. In fact, he's written textbooks on anti-aging medicine and compounding pharmacy. Our lines are open. Any of your healthcare questions at 1-800-307-3002. So we, as always, invite you to join us. We also make sure that you know that we not only stream the show live online, that if you hear something, maybe you're listening to us in the car today, and you say, oh, 
that was interesting. Now, now, what was that? And you, you think you're going to write it down, and then you forget it by the time you've, you, you're at home. Uh, you can actually listen to the show again. The show archives for two weeks at HealthyTalkRadio.com. And uh, one of the neat aspects of that site is when you take a look at the healthcare news there, we update that five days a week. So anything that you heard in a news segment, you can actually find that online. Click on it, download it, print it for yourself. So a lot of great information for you at 1-800-307-3002, no matter what your health care question. So with that, let's say hello and welcome to Dr. Gen. I'm here, I'm here, and oh, I, love, right. I love that archive thing, because then you can always go back sometimes, you know, you'll say something, and I'll say, see, you see what she said about me, mom or my wife, look what she <laughs> said, and I'll go back to the archive and play it again for everybody. Both of those lovely women in your life should be very proud of you. Well they deserved. Are. Oh, well they deserved. Are. They are. Let's say hello and welcome to John, who listens to us in California. You're on the air with Dr. Ken. John? Thanks for taking my call. Hi, John. Um, insulin resistance. Uh, what is the top two supplement for insulin resistance? Okay, I'll get you one. Some supplements that are good for insulin resistance. Here we go. Um, chromium, top of the list, John. But in the proper dosage, and the proper dosage of chromium, somewhere between uh, 600 and 1,000 micrograms a day, spreading it out over the course of the day. That's my number one to, show, to help uh, insulin resistance and the utilization of sugars. The next, of course, I like a lot is conjugated linolenic acid. A newcomer on the block, a basically a fatty acid of the trans fatty acid type, believe it or not, uh, that helps to also reduce insulin resistance pretty well. Essential fatty acids, wonderful choice in the large enough dose, also very helpful for reducing that insulin resistance. DHEA, dehydroepiandrosterone, a phenomenal uh, uh, substance hormone-like, considered the grandmother, basically, or of all the hormones and the adrenal hormone for stress and for also immune support, also reduces sugar uh, resistance so beautifully. And that combination seems to be very helpful. And then you have things that like are a little bit on the side, which have been very helpful and shown to be uh, do a good job. For example, like berberine, which is an, uh, an herb, uh, which is shown to do as well as some of the actual dr- drugs to reduce the amount of sugar and sugar resistance, uh, even as as uh, good as uh, some of the major ones that are on the market. So uh, that's another uh, good help, along with some uh, a green tea extract to reduce some of the inflammation that often accompanies insulin resistance, as you might be aware of. If you're doing all this already, you're probably on the right track. Are you, John? Uh, well, it's, the question is for basically for someone else. Um, I don't, I'm not really don't have that problem, but uh, yeah, those are all good recommendations. I didn't, I haven't heard of the berberine or the C or the is it CLA or GLA? No, C is in Charlie. Conjugated is the word linolenic acid. Okay, is that safe for someone to take if they are breastfeeding? Uh, the the CLA? Yeah, it's a good question. I've never read anything that says to the different. Uh, have you seen anything Deb, to the different? I haven't seen anything to the to the different, John. Uh, there's been a lot of studies on CLA. I don't know that there's been any studies that particularly uh, uh, you know involve uh, pregnant women. So that would certainly you know be an issue to talk about with her healthcare practitioner. I mean, there's there's nothing off the top of my head that that would contradict that, John. But I would say check with her practitioner. Okay, and a quick question: Can you give me a source of a chewable magnesium? 
Yeah, there's a there's a very good. Uh, I like the taste of RX vitamins. Uh, puts out a chewable uh, mag cow. It's delicious, actually. Not very high in magnesium, though, but certainly very tasty. There's a powdered ionic version, which comes in a raspberry flavor. Real nice, comp- real nice uh, one. And I can't think of the name of the company that does it. Probably Deborah will in a minute. But it uh, it's a powder. It's a raspberry fizzes up. Has a good taste to it. Very easy. Very palatable. You might give that a try. Okay. What you might want to do, John, um, uh, there is a distributor um, out uh, out of Southern California that deals with over 150 lines of supplements uh, sold only to physicians, although they'll certainly deal with, with the public directly. And uh, they're the best source of, you know, finding a nutrient level, which you're speaking are really high-quality nutrients, and it's great prices. Um, and their number is one 800 824 2434 Terrace International 1-800-824-2434 Okay, thank you All right, all the best, John Thank you for your call An open phone line to invite you to join us Toll free, no matter where you're listening to us 1-800-307-3002 Dr. Mitchell Gann joining us today Let's say hello and welcome to Joyce You're on the air with Dr. Gann, Joyce Hi, I would like to know what you think Of the new fruit juice that's out there in Montevay um, Monave is a nice fruit juice. It's got uh, um, good antioxidant potential. But I, you know what, uh, Joyce? For me, I I take them all and I put them on the same shelf with all the other ones that have been out there, the noni and all the others. They all have a good potential as a good antioxidant. My biggest difficulty with them, other than some of them taste atrocious, um, is that it's typically multi-level marketed and unfortunately becomes so expensive. By the time it gets to the public, um, that the other supplements that a lot of these folks need or food additives that these folks need to take in their daily regimen, um, it becomes prohibitive. Um, but as a supplement itself, I have nothing bad to say about it. I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't see it as uh, the cure-all for everything, but it certainly is a good antioxidant like the rest of them are as far as I'm concerned. Are you taking it, Joyce? Um, you know, I was just introduced to it yesterday. I tasted it. It's really, really tasty. I've had people tell me that their cholesterol actually went down 49 points. They say that they don't have the aches and pains, some people. And I'm just curious because I really don't know much about it and wanted to know what you thought. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like the others. I mean, they all have, you know, similar claims. You know, if you look at any other juices out there, yeah, Monave may be one of the ones that taste a little bit better than, than the others. Um, but uh, take a look, and the key here, I think, and that's the, uh, it's no problem to drink it every day. Let's put it that way. I don't see anything that would be problematic about having it every day. I think the thing that you have to look at is look at your individual program and decide, is the cost worth the benefit? I mean, that's always a large key for me because, as you might be aware, if you've introduced to it, it isn't a multi-leveled uh, product. It's, right. It's in, right. It's and, in and, and that's and I've had difficulty, and everyone knows who's listened to me for years and years on the radio. Deb heard me say the same thing many times when it's multi-level market. I have a problem with it. Not that I'm against uh, multi-level marketing. It's just that by the time it gets to the you know to the person who really needs the nutrition, and there's so many things that I believe they need other than just a singular drink. Um, it becomes prohibitive. If you have a lot of money, I guess it's a good thing to add into it. But do a little more research. Check all of them together. Put them all one against the next. Sometimes just a good green juice, which uh, you can get from a good company like TID that we spoke about when John was on the line a moment ago. You might be able to see some really good results with just having a good 
fruit and uh, vegetable drink. There are lots of them out there that are very, very good as well. And lots at, of us um, at regular stores, you can pick that up? Like regular uh, yeah, regular stores, stores have them too, but I like to go to where the professional lines are given out, and this uh, TID Health in California only carries the professional line. Sometimes I'll say they have 50, and Deborah will correct me, they have 150. I don't know what how many they have, but they have a lot of, of course, uh, professional lines where I get products for my patients and because I want to get something I know that's been tested and you know quality runs from a 1 to a 10 I don't know if you're aware of that it runs a very large gamut and you want to always try to look for the very best product Joyce thanks for calling I know we're going to go to a break but uh, take a look at it and uh, decide for yourself Joyce good call thank you an open phone line with Dr. Mitchell again joining us on Healthy Talk Radio Warning, Healthy Talk Radio presents revolutionary information that could cause facial tics and foaming at the mouth, but it's backed up by documented research and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But hey, it's not like they went to medical school. Our line's open, inviting you to join us each and every week during this time. Dr. Mitchell again uh, here with us, the medical director of Eden Laboratories, a leading integrative healthcare practitioner. 1-800-307-3002 is a number to join us. And we have uh, another special guest uh, joining us as well. Uh, the opportunity to talk about uh, some of um, the, the most challenging concerns that we hear about these days. And, of course, that is brain health measures from things like like attention deficit, autism, stroke, ALS. Uh, Dr. William Hemisfar joining us as well. Dr. Hemisfar, thanks for joining Dr. Gen and me here today. Well, I'm looking forward to talking with your, your guests, and, and uh, thank you for having me, too. Hi, Bill. The brain seems to be, hi, Mitchell. The, the hi. brain seems to be in the news constantly now, so, so this is a good chance for, for us to talk about some. So if you'll start out, Dr. Ginn, because just recently was the amazing statistic that women over the age of 35 in this country have doubled the incidence of stroke. And, of course, you've talked a lot about inflammation, Dr. Ginn. Give us your insight here, please. Well, there, I don't think there's any question that uh, whether the stroke was caused from ongoing inflammation or there was inflammation before, there's certainly inflammation of the stroke and subsequent to the stroke. Uh, and I know that uh, Dr. Hamasfar has been doing some uh, how exemplary work in uh, stroke patients and reversing some. Uh, certainly his work uh, tied with some of the things that we've been doing in uh, Belize with stem cell transplantation probably uh, could be revolutionary in the way we look at uh, the future of stroke. And certainly uh, University of South Florida has done some of that work in the animal model using, you know, uh, the stem cell to begin with. Bill, I know you've been, uh, uh, have been for many years been coming up with your mechanism for handling stroke and inflammation, which has been just uh, unbelievable because I've had patients who we've sent to you and we've seen that, uh, the reversal of things where they said that wasn't reversible before. Yeah, you know, when you when you deal with stroke and you deal with brain injury, uh, the modern PET scans are showing, and spec scans, are, which are, are studies of function of the brain, are showing that only about 20% of the actual stroke is seen on the MRIs or the CAT scans. Another 80% of the stroke is in tissue that looks normal but isn't functioning. And that's where we, where I work with is in trying to return that tissue back into more normal functioning. And then, of course, we can add to that the stem cells because that entire layer is, is microscopic damage. 
and you plug the stem cells into it, it looks like, to, to increase the, uh, the healing both in that 80% area and then in the, the tougher to deal with 20% permanent damage. So uh, what you're saying, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, because this, this is new for me, that when, we, when, when someone says, or a neurologist like yourself reports out to someone like me, hey, hey Mitch, you, know, we have a, you have a stroke in this, this hemisphere and it's this large, they're not really talking about the full extent of it. You're, you're saying we're missing about 80% of it? Right. What, what you really see when you look at PET scans, you see two separate types of injuries. You see, uh, of course, on the MRI of the CAT scan, you'll see the original stroke, which is essentially a hole in the brain. But the, the disability that a patient left with is left with is not only that area of injury, but also an area that extends out to it about five-fold. So if you think about the average stroke being maybe a, a quarter of an inch in size, uh, that means that you now have a, a stroke-damaged area that's, that's going on another inch and a half out from the original area of the stroke of all damaged tissue, hibernating tissue, and, and, and basically dysfunctional tissue. So we're seeing a much larger area, and that's the area that we can work with. That's the area called the penumbra, uh, which you know, of course, Dr. Ken, but it's called penumbra or an area of damage or zone of damage around the original stroke that, of hibernating tissue. There's a lot of different ways of helping that area to heal, too. And, and, and about some of that, please. Well, one of the other things we're seeing, with, first off, you have two different major ways of healing the brain tissue. The first area is to restore blood flow into the damaged areas because in the damaged areas, the blood vessels are also damaged. And when a blood vessel damage gets, becomes damaged, it narrows down and it tends to stay narrow. So the first thing to do is to, to get them on medications that improve and the blood fun- vessel functioning and help the brain blood vessels heal. And when they heal, they dilate. And as they dilate, they'll start to bring more blood flow into the brain. On PET scans and on SPEC scans, you can actually see uh, different colors of, of functioning. There were different levels of functioning are done in different colors on these scans. And interestingly enough, it's almost as though those colored circles around the damaged area are almost different zones of injury that respond to different medications. So medicines on the out, outer area of the zone tend to respond to some of the standard ACE inhibitors or cardiac medicines that we use. Uh, some of the deeper areas tend to respond to things like uh, medicines that work on, on veins and on, on the very small arterioles, the, the, the blood vessels right beside, before the size of a capillary, the microvasculature. Uh, so you can use those PET scans and the SPEC scans as really sort of a, a guide for which medication to use at which time. What you have to do is sort of heal the brain from the outside in, and as you heal the brain from the outside in, different functions start to return. And some of his observations, uh, Dr. Gann, we'd welcome your insight because I find them fascinating. He'll use magnesium under the tongue to uh, to stimulate you know, dilation of the, of the blood vessels, blood flow. Finds um, uh, artificial sweeteners will actually cut that blood flow in those damaged blood vessels dramatically. Yes, and it certainly will. Um, well, we look at when I look at uh, stroke too, and to add into what Dr. Hamaswar is doing, which is of course very unique type of work based upon uh, the findings that he is seeing on a PET scan. I, I, I list listening to him saying, "Well, this probably linked together." And I know this is I'm saying this almost uh, almost rhetorically because uh, uh, Bill and I have had uh, similar patients together and done this together, uh, utilizing the things like magnesium and EDTA and those things that help the endothelial lining, uh, the, those that increase ATP, etc., uh, to improve the uh, vasculature uh, certainly make a large difference uh, when used in combination with what he's doing. And what I've seen also is 
uh, in the early phases of a stroke, certainly when the inflammation is its greatest, uh, the use of a concomitant stem cell transplant, because as Dr. Hamasfar was pointing out, at that point, uh, you have the signaling mechanism for the aggregation of the stem cells into that region and for the repair. You, you couple all these three types of uh, mechanisms of, uh, of approaching a stroke, and I think you're really describing a brand new and very different paradigm uh, and certainly a, a real physiologic approach where before certainly stroke was just about uh, symptom relief. So I think we're, we're talking about something that's basically uh, a brand new concept of, of this combination that has never been described anywhere before. Right, and it's very effective too. Um, I'm not sure how much your listeners have understand it, but the, the triggering for turning on the stem cells of the original injury, that's very effective. In, in fact, it turns on the stem cells. So you can then use uh, uh, medications to improve the blood flow into that area and improve the nutrition. As the stem cells get turned on and as they're brought in through the blood-borne system, you can, you can start to get some major healing going on in addition to the, the body's natural repair of just uh, turning on hibernating nerve tissue and damaged nerve tissue. One of the things that's interesting in a stroke, there are two other things that I find interesting in a stroke or a brain injury. And the first one is that in those zones of damage that radiate out from the damaged area, that's five or six times the size of the original strokes on the CT scan, you have microscopically, you have almost a Swiss cheese appearance to the brain. Well, what that means is that those Swiss cheese areas are sort of dropped out nerves and neurons, little holes in the brain, and those respond very well or appear to to stem cells moving into the area and regenerating connections there. The structure in the, the, uh, of the brain is intact with these dropped out areas and the stem cells can move right in and start to re- regenerate and repair is what it appears to be. So we're seeing much better improvement there. The I, second, I have a question for you, Dr. Hamasbar. The How long would you say are you in that phase where you get, still have that Swiss cheese or that phase where you still have that uh, a five-fold extension uh, that time-wise that you can still go ahead and have some sort of therapeutic attack plan that will be effective. How long are we looking at? Is it acutely within the first 24, 48 hours, or are we looking at weeks or months? Oh, we're looking at weeks, months, and years out because so many of my patients come to me, you know, 5, 10, 20, 60, 70 years after injury. Uh, so that, that, that five-fold size is actually larger earlier on uh, for a bunch of technical reasons. But that, fi- that very five-fold size increase over what you see on CT scan is, is there essentially permanently until you use some sort of an approach to, to shrink the, the damaged areas and turn on the nerve tissues. Um, and then you get a second effect, which is very common in all these brain-injured patients. You, we see it on the NFL football players who have a light concussion, and the next time they get a more major concussion, next time a more major concussion, and then they're out on disability permanently with the brain injury, or the same with the the fighters, the boxers, and the same with the, the patients who have a stroke, whether young or older or patients with MS, which is often a type of stroke in younger people. What you see is you see the original injury, and then you see a, a, a residual area that's been damaged sort of permanently, but now starts to secondarily or later at a later time deteriorate and cause new strokes and new damage. So, so when you think of about a stroke uh, as a, a sudden one-time episode, it isn't. It's really a, a serious event that occurs from which sometimes there's a little bit of slight improvement, very slight generally, and then it leads by into a, a pattern of more and more of these spells developing over the years of, of different types of things. Sometimes the secondary strokes in an older person 
show up not as a stroke, but rather as supposedly Alzheimer's. Uh, a younger person, it might show up as as memory loss and, and dementia and and, uh, and even MS in a younger person. So the, the neurological way that shows up may vary from the standpoint of the symptoms because in neurology we identify a disease not by a disease pathology but rather by the symptom it gives. But but it goes on and gives you more and more problems later on and more and more new events. So, so there's no really there's no window where you have to do this and after that it's stable. You, the, the approach of using stem cells and using uh, uh, vasodilators that, that I work with, medicines that dilate blood vessels, and then using hyperbaric and using nutritional approaches is really a continuous, lifelong uh, approach to these patients. Yeah. The, the reason, by the way, I brought that up, and I'm glad what you said, uh, you know, is a truism because, um, you know, the original thought and the, uh, those of us that are doing research in the stem cell community originally were, and still is for a large uh, quantity of stem cell uh, researchers, is that uh, if you go past the acute stages, uh, 24, 48 hours, where the, where the largest, I guess, amount of inflammation, then there may not be any signaling mechanism for the stem cells to be uh, brought to the area of injury, but what from based on what you're saying, that's hardly the case. And you know what? I have to tell you, I just did a case that was 90 days out, and we took that case not knowing, again, had I spoken to you first, I would have had probably more confidence, who had uh, an infarct. And we did this case, and he has done absolutely spectacularly. He's all infirmaries have basically disappeared. His scans are almost uh, normal completely, and his neurologist is, uh, as he says, quite impressed. So I would imagine there's an ongoing, in- is there an inflammatory component in that that outer area that's ongoing? Is, is it inflammatory in nature? Yeah, I think there that it's inflammatory uh, brought on by the injury itself. And, you know, you, you lose the blood-brain barrier in the area that's injured. So what the blood-brain barrier does is help protect the brain from uh, agents that inflame it that are naturally occurring inside the blood bloodstream and also actually protects the, the blood cells and the general systemic circulation from agents that might leak from the brain into the bloodstream and also cause inflammation. So you lose that, which means that you're going to have a chronic area of inflammation and damage going on. Uh, so that inflammatory state, you know, and on, on a very localized basis, you know, can strictly be in the brain, strictly in the damaged area of the brain, is, is going to exist for essentially the lifetime of the patient's injury. Wow, that's actually a, a good thing you're saying, again, because one of the, the interest areas always in stem cell research is can we have these stem cells, uh, unless they're put directly into the brain or spinal cord, um, can we get them from a periphery through the blood-brain barrier? In the acute phase, it always was absolutely yes and been shown in the animal model. Now we're saying in the human model, it's a yes, and especially if there's a localized BBB or blood-brain barrier uh, uh, irritation or breakage at that point, it's going to get through no matter what. And, of course, we use things like mannitol to open that up. Well, Deb, this is really interesting. Isn't it intriguing? Isn't it intriguing? And now that we link, um, you know, for example, uh, women, you know, children with attention deficit who have chronic migraines with a much higher incidence of stroke. I mean, we've gone just in the last five years that I've been closely watching, Dr. Gann, uh, from an incidence of three to 400,000, now 700,000 reported strokes each year in this country. You know, the biggest cause of medical disability in this country. I mean, th- this is an incredible healing tools for, as you say, most people think that it's all about the therapy, and that that's it. 
Yeah, well, the, unfortunately, as Dr. Hamasfarer will tell us, uh, the therapy is, un, is a good thing that we have, but hardly is it uh, reflecting back to the underlying etiology or pathology of the disorder, nor is it really... Uh, you know, fixing the disorder or the or what caused it to begin with, right. but certainly uh, the inflama- the inflammation, the ongoing, it certainly speaks to all the things that we we talk about using things like essential fatty acids, curcumin, the magnesium, the things that keep the blood uh, in its moving state, in its non-thickened state, are all going to be extremely important in keeping the inflammation to a minimum. Very, very important, and uh, and, and it's good to have someone like uh, Dr. Hamas far on with us because here's an expert saying uh, it's not an end of a line, and so many people, so many listeners across the country saying, well, my doctor said it is and it isn't. Well, guess what, folks? Stay tuned because you're finding out that the stroke isn't the end of the line. We can do things for you in the future. Back with more of Dr. William Hemisfer, Dr. Mitchell Ginn on Healthy Talk Radio. Twice the fiber and half the fat of regular talk shows. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Mitchell Ginn joining us today. Dr. William Hemisfar as well. Our lines open. We're talking about brain wellness, uh, decreasing our risk of stroke. And before we ask Dr. Ginn to tell us some of uh, his top nutrients for brain health, uh, you know, Dr. Hemisfar, if you ever had the opportunity, I know you often see people after the fact. You know, what things can we do to optimize brain health, diminish our risk of, of stroke before the fact? Well, I think the couple take-home messages that your listeners have to have on, on brain health issues, aging, Alzheimer's, stroke, cerebral palsy, autism, the, the couple take-home messages are first, therapy is not where it's at. The studies show that only 10% of improvement occurs with, with therapy, even with maximal therapy. So the idea that you can sort of work yourself out of these problems is not where it's at. You need to be looking at the use of vasodilators uh, like we use, uh, stem cells. You need to start to work on using the new therapies and using them serially and get, get better. That's where the, the, the take-home message is. Um, so with that, I'd like to turn this back to Dr. Ginn now to talk something about the, the, the nutritional approaches that they're using also. Well, the nutritional, thank you. Uh, the nutritional approaches, of course, should be a combination of things that improve blood flow, uh, folks, and simultaneously decrease inflammation. First of all, there is good study with 49,000 Seventh-day Adventists that if you just drink five glasses of water or more a day, that's going to decrease the stroke rate by half. I don't know if that's the relative rate or the absolute, but in either case, it's worth doing. Vitamin E, of course, is an extremely important, uh, uh, combination along with uh, pregnenolone, uh, natokinase. By the way, I say pregnenolone because it's a it's a wonderful. It's the uh, the great grandmother or the grandmother of the hormones that is wonderful for brain health. And curcumin, which has been very clearly shown to reduce inflammation, specifically that of some of the serious uh, degenerative disorders in populations that eat a lot of these uh, type of turmeric uh, uh, extracts uh, like curry. Uh, so basically, we're, we're putting together a combination of vitamin and minerals, good eating habits, the essential fatty acids, which I forgot to mention, of course, very important for brain health, uh, a stem cell approach, and the approach uh, in the event that there is a stroke that Dr. Hamasfar came up with, which is the use of vasodilators and other medications, uh, specifically based upon the findings of a PET and CAT scan. Basically, we're looking at a brand new paradigm, which I mentioned earlier, if you hadn't uh, uh, heard us, 
And what I'm calling this paradigm, or, or I should say this is the, the byline of the paradigm. Are you ready for this, Deb? Okay, I'm Here ready. Here it goes. It's this new paradigm in stroke is ray of light again that is out of this hemisphere. <laughs> All right, what do you think? Your mother would be proud. It has a ring. That's what I could do in two seconds in my head. <laughs> Oh, our thanks to Dr. Ginn, our thanks to Dr. Hamasar. If you missed anything, just keep in mind we archive the show for two weeks online, healthytalkradio.com, edenlaboratories.net, hni-online.com. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.